0: Hello and welcome back. This is Consider This Northumberland and I'm your host Robert Washburn and you're listening to Northumberland 89.7 FM. The numbers are not new. For some they may not even be shocking. Violence against women in Northumberland is on the rise. Cornerstone Family Violence Prevention Center, the Coburg Police and others will tell you the same thing. What makes this report different is how it brings the situation into a sharp perspective. Collecting data from 20 various organizations and service providers from across Northumberland, and in some cases Peterborough, a new picture emerges. As you will hear in this interview with Nicole Beattie, the project coordinator, there are countless opportunities for strategic alliances, cooperation, and efficiencies that would help women facing domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. It is the most comprehensive report of its kind in Northumberland. The big question is, Are those 20 organizations and services willing to take the steps necessary to make a difference? That answer might surprise you. Here is my interview with Nicole Beattie. I'm so pleased to have with me today the project coordinator for Thrive Northumberland, Nicole Beattie. Welcome to Consider This. Good morning, Rob. Thrive just released a major study about violence against women in Northumberland. It's the second uh, report of this nature. And when you were putting this report together, what was the most shocking thing you discovered in doing this study?
1: Yeah, I I think the the, the major observation was that the prevalence of violence against women and children in our community continues to escalate, continues to rise um, in light of the amount of resources and increased in funding um, that we're that we're giving to. Uh, This social issue. Uh, So the, and I mean this research doesn't take into consideration any COVID-19 statistics, which will be, you know, the, the focus of next year's research. Uh, But yeah, I think the, the, the major observation was the, the increase in acuity and the increase in the prevalence of violence against women um, across the various support systems um, that thrive represents.
0: Before we go too much further, maybe it'd be a good opportunity to talk about what Thrive Northumberland is and how it started and what your role in it is. Mm
1: -hmm. Thrive Northumberland is one of 48 coordinating community tables, and these are funded by the Ministry of Community children and social services, I believe the this model of coordination of Community coordination, I think has been around since 1993 early 90s. Uh, So uh, the bonds against women Community coordinating tables are not new and they're not unique to uh, to Northumberland the thrive coalition and violence against women uh, is the regional table. Uh, for well, for our region, and Thrive is a coalition or a network of about 22 to 25 organizations that support uh, women and children who are experiencing or fleeing uh, of violence, human trafficking, or sexual assault. And that represents everywhere from healthcare to shelter to income support to employment support. Our three local police. Uh, sit at the table, uh, counselling centres, help centres. So it really is um, a cross-sectorial lens um, of how to support women and children experiencing or fleeing violent situations. And what Thrive does is we coordinate kind of three service levels. Uh, One is community education and research, which this report is an outcome of. We do operate a weekly um, drop-in center in the process of transitioning to a virtual model due to COVID-19, where women can show up at Thrive, um, depending on their situation, and they can access um, multiple agencies all at once. So it's kind of that front door under one roof model of care. And the goal of that model is to connect women with as many resources as possible um, so that she doesn't kind of get lost in the system um, of overwhelming support sometimes. And while we're a small community, it can still be really difficult to find um, care. And then the other thing that we do is we also support all of the uh, women's-based organizations in Northumberland County. And my particular role is, um, it's a contract position and I am responsible for coordinating the committee. So I conduct the research, I administer the hub, um, and I'm a support system to the various women organizations.
0: How prevalent is violence against women in Northumberland? Because your report had a lot of numbers in it. Could you maybe sort through some of it and, and bring to our attention the more significant ones?
1: yeah, I think the what the report really highlights and where that prevalence is. Uh, and I, I don't think this would be new news to to your listeners. Um, but again, it it just talks about to capacity and continuing to ensure um, not only is the front door open, but rooms in that house, if I can use that. Um, metaphor are, are become available. So the number of women being served in shelters continues to rise significantly. And ultimately Rob, this has an, a detrimental impact then on the number of women who are unable to be served in shelter. So our numbers go up, the wait list becomes longer, We promote this message of getting help, um, but our services, even though they're working beyond capacity, um, you know, there's still a number of women and children that are unable to be served in shelter due to capacity alone. Uh, Women are steadily accessing community crisis counseling and sexual assault counseling. So this is really a bespoke trauma-informed counseling, which it's not new in the world of support for women who are experiencing violence, but to your previous comment of, as we reduce stigma, as we remove barriers, as we educate the community about what is available to support them on their pathway to recovery or their pathway to help, this bespoke community crisis counseling and sexual assault counseling, which is trauma-informed, Um, is becoming more available to women and our numbers are showing that women are increasingly accessing these important um, bespoke services. Uh, Again, maybe not too shocking, but definitely a community concern is all three levels of police, so OPP, Port Hope Police and Coburg Police are reporting a rise in domestic occurrences, so we are seeing more cases of, of domestic violence, domestic abuse, being reported which again is um, a community safety concern uh, for sure. Uh, the response to supporting victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking is rapidly increasing and this is predominantly through victim services of Peterborough and Northumberland and again I think this is a result of a uh, communicating that this support is available As we were talking earlier we're starting to monitor and report on human trafficking as yes it is a local issue this just isn't something that happens in big cities Northumberland is along the 401 corridor but more importantly um, the government of the day uh, is really funding services to ensure that we're not only addressing domestic violence and sexual assault, but that human trafficking also falls under that violence against women umbrella. And we're finally giving that part of the problem as much as I don't like saying that, but we're giving that part of the problem, um, adequate attention and adequate resources and adequate funding um, to support women that are unfortunately living this or experiencing this um, or being rescued um, from, from these horrible situations. And then just three others I'd like to comment on is which is a concern to thrive and by no means is this criticism of either the violence against women organizations or our amazing healthcare sector locally but there's definitely um, uh, a discrepancy between the high number of violence against women occurrences that we're seeing across the continuum from victim services to police reports to shelter to counseling And the amount of females um, visits to the domestic violence and sexual assault nurse examiner, uh, which we have access to in Peterborough.
0: There's a lot in there that you've just said. I'd I'd like to go back and talk in more depth about different things. So uh, we'll we'll do that. But um, let's go back for just a second. You talked about uh, bespoke counseling and and trauma. And I'd like you to explain to the listeners what that exactly means, uh, because those are not terms we all hear every day.
1: Kind of cognitive behavioral therapy, or um, again, I don't want to say general, but day to day counseling kind of really focuses on what you're going through in that moment. How are you? How can we help? How can we help you move forward? The trauma informed care really gets down to the systemic issue of the crisis, it really burrows into what caused the violence, what caused the trauma, um, because these are these are systemic issues that women would continue to live with or recur with um, as, as they try to move forward in their pathway to help. And I think more importantly, trauma-informed care, again, really addresses A lot of women will live with guilt. They think it's their fault. Um, They think that they deserved it. Maybe they should have asked earlier for help. Um, But what trauma-informed care is really nurtures the woman with where they're at helps them understand where they're going. Um, And some of this trauma-informed care has also, you know, been shown to help avert some PTSD that could linger um, and come back to, you know, affect a woman later on down her road when she's strong and healthy.
0: I'm going to read a part of the report back to you and I'd like to get your thoughts on it in the report, it says the 2018 Community report on violence against women in Northumberland county. identified the cost of transportation, the distance to travel for service and prescribed operating hours as barriers to accessing support discussions at the Community table over the past two years indicate that these same barriers still exist, why is this.
1: Yeah. so cost transportation and hours of services. A lot of our agencies and again this is no criticism to the agencies it's just the way of the world. Operating hours you know nine to five kind of world but crises um, happen is, is a 24-7 reality for some women. It's one of the reasons why Thrive operates on Monday mornings is because you know, situations peak on the weekends and in evenings, just due to people are at home. It tends to be when, um, you know, some substance abuse behavior comes into fold, um, people aren't at work. And so sometimes our hours of care don't reflect the actual reality of, of the crisis. However, I think that's where you see you know, when we've pushed out our emergency crisis support hours and you're seeing an increase in that is women understand that even though a door may not be open, there is a line that they can call. And many organizations like Cornerstone and KSAC, the Court the Sexual Assault Center, have even moved to a web-based or a text to chat support because a woman might not be in a safe place to make a verbal phone call uh, but she can either jump on the internet or jump on onto a text message and ask for help. And these are encrypted services. So after the dialogue is is exchanged, they are immediately deleted. So there's no evidence of the woman accessing support uh, in case her predator or her aggressor um, is monitoring her phone or web activity. So the fact that organizations are using technology to enhance safe access to immediate services, I think, is a reflection of the time that we're in, and hopefully we're able to connect with women more often. Um, Most levels of care, you know, in Northumberland is free, but things like long wait times or additional support are costly. Um, Time is money, as is um, hour-to-hour professional care. Uh, Frontline social services. And what happens when women are stuck in either or? Um, they get stuck where they are, or their situation um, becomes even more more dire. So we need to continue to um, look at how we address that wait list and how we continue to move women from crisis to long term follow up care. And the rule, um, the transportation issue, you know, honestly, Rob, I'm sure in, in your work and the conversations you have with. Um, with a lot of focus, is, this is probably one of the biggest concerns um, in a county like Northumberland. You know, we kind of have two more urban centers, if you will, being Coburg and Port Hope, um, but a big part of our population live rural, if not remote. So how do you get to women, uh, especially if women are in crisis or women don't have a car, or if they do, if their car is controlled by their aggressor, So this is where not only, you know, COVID-19 has been of a, I don't mean blessing, but a a silver lining in COVID-19 for us is it's really forced our hand to get creative and transition to a virtual model of care where we're hoping that we're able to reach more women because with technology, we can go to where women are and women don't have to rely on the stress and the cost of getting to us in downtown Coburg.
0: But if that statement's true, what does this say, though, about the effectiveness of these types of reports and organizations if nothing's going to change?
1: I appreciate your question. I think what this report shows is the progress being made, the ongoing gaps that need to be addressed and invested in. I think it helps organizations with strategic planning and understanding where help has to be increased. I think I'm a firm believer in monitoring and evaluation. And I think that, that is one of the underlining importance of, of a report like this. I definitely know that this report can be challenged, um, but I work in a world where data-driven um, reports like this, metrics, um, monitoring trends and systemic issues that monitoring and evaluation ultimately helps decision makers and funders and frontline workers have a better sense of, of where, if they need to do a left turn and in what direction that needs to go in. Uh,
0: the report also states that there are opportunities for strong strategic alliances. Can you give us some examples and also explain to us what are the barriers that are preventing these alliances from happening?
1: <laughs> Such a, a good question. And uh, a question that sounds like it would have a really easy answer and at risk of sounding like a broken record um, as it, someone who works in social services is it really comes down to, to time. And it's not to say that this isn't a priority of organizations. Our agencies are exhausted. You know, the there's, there's a lot of time and energy that has to be invested into these coordinating tables, but a few hours at a meeting, at a table, is that many more hours away from directly helping folk. And a lot of the work, we talk about strategy, we talk about monitoring systemic issues and evaluation, but when your frontline mandate is crisis support, your world is more reactionary than it will ever be strategic. And so hopefully snapshots like this help us keep a pulse, but those strategic alliances really do come down to Rob, I think three things, Um, a lack of time for individuals. We're all mandated to sit at different tables while also doing our professional job, which is direct one-to-one support with women. I think chasing money, chasing dollars, competing for funding, we all struggle with that because we all need the support to keep the lights on. We all need the support to address our wait lists, to address our capacity. But then I also think too, it just comes down to opportunities for for intersection. And really it's the will of the people. Um, As I'm sure you know, good work happens when the right people put their egos aside and relationships can be built. And I would genuinely say, 99.9% of our work in this sector is a result of the relationships between the executive directors, the heads of agencies, the board, the volunteers, the survivors who all show up every day committed to one thing, and that's making sure that every woman and child has the ability to live a life free of violence.
0: What kind of budget do you work with to do all this work that we've talked about for the last while?
1: About for the entire Thrive operation, we have a budget of $23,000 annually. um, And a portion of that is to project management and administration. Uh, So my my time and the, the community education research and advocacy, uh, is just under $20,000. And that's also to support and run the, the weekly uh, uh, drop-in center. So it's not a lot. It's definitely a shoestring budget.
0: Now, in the report, there is there are calls for ending gender-based violence in Northumberland. Is that achievable?
1: Hmm. Can you... I think we can continue when we talk about, sorry, I, I took a, a pause because it's a it's a it's a bold question in response to you know a a bold statement of need that I know that the that the report that the report calls for. Can we end it? I think we can continue to move the dial closer to eliminating it and reducing the acuity and reducing the prevalence of it in our community. And we can be doing that through strong advocacy, community education, community awareness, lobbying our government, but more importantly, continuing to system navigate and build these strategic alliances with ultimately, we have a shared mandate, and that is you know, preventing gender-based violence and preventing violence against women and children uh, in Northumberland.
0: Nicole Beattie, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today.
1: Rob, thank you so much, and thank you for your listeners, and I appreciate you raising awareness on this important topic. You take good care.
0: That was my conversation with Nicole Beattie, Project Coordinator for Thrive Northumberland. I want to thank both my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you have any comments, questions, rants or raves, you can also email me at that same address. Or you can go to my Facebook page, Consider This. Or if you're on Twitter, you can message me, at rwash. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments, or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com, or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast, or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.